Hey everyone, I'm Mark Colley and welcome to episode 66 of Section 138, our weekly Blue Jay podcast. And we didn't really record a normal episode this week. I had the opportunity to sit down and do an Instagram live stream with Kevin Smith, the Blue Jay prospect. He's an infielder and in 2019 he was named 91st overall in all of baseball and 13th best in the Blue Jays organization right now. He played in double A and if this season is played at some point or at least before this season he was expected to make it up to triple A or the majors as a September call-up. So I had the chance to sit down with him and do this interview. Um, You'll notice his sound quality is not great because I'm not in my normal location for recording but besides that I hope you enjoy this episode and again a big thank you for continuing to support this podcast. Enjoy. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I don't know how many people watching will know who you are, so do you just want to kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, Kevin Smith. I'm from upstate New York. Uh, I was drafted in 2017 by the Blue Jays. I went to college at the University of Maryland for three years. Um, got drafted as a junior, uh, and then this will be my third full season um, here whenever we start up with the Jays. So uh, thanks for having me, though. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, how's quarantine going for you so far? Same like with everyone, man. We're, we're stuck in our house. Yeah. And, you know, you get out to get some workouts in. You try to hit and feel as much as you can. Uh, but you want to be safe at the same time and don't want to really get anyone sick around you that you're working out with, um, that you're living with, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, it's definitely tough. I mean, we're trying to do as best we can and then get out there and then stay ready. Um, but not knowing when we're going to start up not knowing if places are going to be open, you know, places shutting down, gyms shutting down, trying to stay sanitary. So um, it's been tough all around, but um, we're, we're in a good spot. I think hopefully it'll it'll clear up here soon and we can uh, get back to somewhat normal, whatever that is. You mentioned trying to get out and stay active. How are you, uh, you know, staying prepared to play a season, even though you don't know when it's going to start? What's your kind of workout routine looking like right now? I think that's what everyone's trying to figure out, honestly. Um, I think a lot of guys just went back to what they were doing in the off season and, um, you know, working out four or five times a week, really not doing much else. So, um, kind of back on an off season workout plan, try not to do too much baseball stuff where your body's getting worn down. Like it is in season. You're trying to give your body a rest cause you don't need to be, be doing anything crazy. Um, but still staying in shape, like you said, and, and, and staying ready to go. Hopefully in the next you know few weeks, we'll, get a message that we're going back down to spring training or whatever that is for how many weeks. And then we get, get back going the season. So um, it's kind of a fine line between still working and, and, and treating it like an off season where you have time to develop and, and work on whatever you want to work on in the gym, on the field, whatever it is. Uh, but at the same time, try not to beat your body up too much in case we have a pretty uh, hectic few months here at the end. Mm-hmm. What is the kind of communication from, the team and the organization like right now what are you being told as far as plans to start the season or you know how to work out how to prepare to start the season yeah it's tough I mean I don't think anyone really has many answers um everyone's really asking questions trying to figure out who knows what um but really no one knows I mean it's really up to governments and and when they open states up and when Canada opens Mm -hmm. up and and when all these things happen, if we can even get into Canada, if there's quarantine there, you know, there's just so many things that, that go into it. 
that are outside of MLB's control. And then obviously, you know, once the government opens stuff up and things start getting back to somewhat normal, you know, the MLB has a big task of creating this big plan of how to get everyone playing, um, you know, abiding to all the guidelines while still kind of resembling somewhat of a major league baseball game. So it'll be interesting. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. Um, we just, we're just told to stay ready. Um, we don't have a timeline or anything like that. You know, we find out stuff in ESPN too. So whatever, whatever you guys are finding out in the media is pretty much all we know. Mm -hmm. For you as a player, what is the mental side of this? Like just, you know, preparing all off season, heading into spring training and then, not knowing when things are starting again for you. What is it like to be in kind of this limbo? Yeah, it's tough, especially not knowing, you know, when you start up. Obviously, when you go into the off season, you know, okay, around mid-January, I'm going to be starting back up and going on to Florida, and you kind of work backwards mm -hmm. from there to make sure your workload's good and that you're where you want to be at certain checkpoints. Um, this is a little different because we don't have a really end, end goal or end day where we know we're going to get back into playing. So it's a fine line, like I said, between just trying to use this time to develop and get better and push your body and kind of act like an off season. And then on the other side of it, you're trying to, you're trying to, to stay consistent with your, with your work and your routine. So that once you, once you get that text, I mean, they could, they could text us and say, we're starting back up in Florida in a week or 10 days. We don't really know what the, what the schedule, the timeline is. So, there's a lot of things just kind of going on, but I think most guys are taking the approach of, of kind of getting back to when it was like December or January, where you're about a month out from playing, um, trying to stay in shape and, and be ready so that in a few weeks we can go back down and start it all up again. Mm -hmm. Well, last question about this whole situation before we actually talk about you, I promise. But uh, what is, I mean, I think a lot of people see, you know, professional athletes and that they don't really think about, you know, minor league players and kind of the financial side of it because minor league players in some situations are being paid less than minimum wage. And uh, I believe the league has promised to pay minor leaguers through May 31st, but we don't really know the plan after that. So what's it like not totally knowing what is going to happen with your pay and your financial situation. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on people's minds. I think anyone that isn't thinking about money would be lying, whether it's the government or the MLB or players. Um, you know, it's a big thing going on right now. And I think, you know, it affects everyone similarly. I mean, whether you're a guy in the big leagues making millions of dollars or you're a minor league guy just trying to scrap through and, and kind of support, you know, a young kid that you might have or a family that you're trying to grow, I mean, everyone's kind of living within their means. So, you know, when you make more money, you spend more money. And, and I think everyone's in the same boat where um, they're used to making what they're, what they were promised to make and what they were signed to make for the next few years. And when that kind of gets interrupted, whether you're making $400 a week or $4,000 a day, um, you know, you're kind of expecting that money to come in. So I think everyone's kind of in the same position. Some are obviously better off than others and can weather the storm a little bit. Um, I think guys that have a little bit more money from signing bonuses or guys in the 40 man or are in a better position than, than some guys that, that weren't as fortunate as that. But um, I think everyone is just kind of wondering when this will kind of get going. And, and then obviously guys that are in a tougher situation are kind of wondering, hey, when do I have to, to stop preparing for the season so I can go out and, and make some money for my family? Mm -hmm. Well, again, to everyone joining us, we're joined by Blue Jay prospect Kevin Smith. And if you have a question for him, just leave it below and we'll get to it. Um, so you're an infielder um, named 91st overall in all of baseball before 2019, top 15 in the Blue Jays organization right now. 
Um, you kind of had a breakout season to in 2018 that kind of made everyone pay attention to you. Uh, what changed that season to spark that breakout? You know, I, I get asked that a lot. I don't think anything really changed. I mean, I think a lot of stuff came together um, and just kind of clicked one year. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm used to and, and, and kind of who I see myself as a player. Um, that was just a fun year, man. I was on some great teams and, and had some awesome teammates. We had a lot of fun. We won a lot of games that year. Uh, whether it was Lansing or Dunedin. So, um, you know, that was a special year for, I think, everyone, you know, everyone around me and, and all the other prospects that I played with just, just had killer years. I mean, the Blue Jays in general just killed it that year in the minor leagues. You had, you know, Bo and Vladdy and then Kevin killing it in, in AA, win the championship. Um, Lansing put together probably one of the best halves that they've seen in the in the Midwest League. And then obviously Dunedin um, was struggling early in the year. And then, and then we kind of fought back and, and almost made the playoffs there. So, um, I think we just something just clicked in the org and, and everyone was running full cylinders. Um, and for me personally, I mean, I just saw a lot of stuff come together um, and it was promising for kind of kind of where I'm headed. And it was cool to kind of see a lot of a lot of work in past years, whether it was in college or high school, um, starting to click a little bit. Mm-hmm. We had one person ask if you have any secondary positions that you like to play. I know you I think you play all across the infield pretty much. But is there anything you like to do any secret talent on the field? Yeah, so in high school, it was mostly uh, shortstop, and I'd pitch a little bit um, until I got to college. And then in college, I played all all shortstop. But in practice, I would, I would switch over third or second every now and then just so that I was, I was familiar with the position. Um, and obviously now I'm trying to play as many positions as I can. I think, I think versatile, versatility and, and being able to play, you know, two or three positions um, in the infield, being able to move around, um, just get your bat in a lot of more often, giving guys breaks. Um, it can really help your team going forward, especially with how many games you play in the big leagues and, and uh, helping with injuries or, or whatever happens throughout the year. Um, it really just helps me on the play multiple positions. So I'm playing a little second now, playing a little third, um, mainly still at shortstop just so I don't lose that. But I think it's fun, man. It's fun to, to get a different perspective on the game. It's a lot of different footwork and, and arm slots and, moving around the ball and in place you have to go. So um, there's a lot that goes into positions that are right next to each other that I don't think a lot of people realize. Mm. So you have that breakout season in 2018, come back in 2019, lots of expectations, and you struggle a little bit out of the gate. Um, looking back on that season, is there? I know he asked you to pinpoint the reason for your success in 2018, but is there a thing that you can pinpoint in 2019 that – you can kind of trace down and say that changed and I needed to fix that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think my whole career I've always just looked to, to get better at whatever I can, you know, and I've, I've always kind of been the guy who, who wasn't the best player, wasn't the biggest athlete on the field. Um, but I was always working and trying to improve stuff. And, you know, all the way back to high school, I'd have years where I was up, up and down and then trying to figure stuff out. Um, obviously, you want to limit it as much as you can, but um, you know, going into college the same way, trying to learn as much as I can from guys, um, get better in any asset that I can just to, just to help the team out and, and get more wins in the win column. And, um, you know, learning from guys, I've, I've been in, been able to play with a bunch of guys, whether it was at Maryland with, with Brandon Lau and Jose Quas and a lot of guys at the middle that were older than me that I could learn from. Um, and then obviously now in, in the Blue Jays organization where we had a lot of older guys right when I got here and now all the young bucks are, uh, are up there doing their thing that I can learn from. So, 
Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm always just trying to learn it and get better. And so, you know, with that comes changes that might not work and, and you kind of have to live with that. You know, I could, I could go out there and kind of be the same player year in and year out and never really, never really find it and become a breakout guy, or I can just keep, keep trying different things and, and trying to improve and become the best player that I can be, which, which ultimately some things are going to work and some aren't. And you kind of have to live with that knowing that you're going down a road where you're trying to find out, you know, how good of a player you can be and not really settling for, for just your average self. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Emmett asking what your favorite walk-up song is. <sighs> That's a tough one. I'm not, I'm not the best with walkouts. I had the same one uh, for about five years. Um, Lean Back by Terror Squad. It's an old song. Um, this year I was going to go – what was I going to go with? I forget what I was going with this year. Going Bad, I think. Going Bad by Meek Mill and Drake. I was going to go with that one. Um, really just anything to kind of pump me up and get me in the zone. I really just go with, with whatever song feels right that, that I'm vibing with right there. But yeah, the last like five years I've had the same one just because in college I had it and it just felt like my walk up. So it felt weird to put anything else on. It was just kind of, it's just kind of the song that I always associated with like locking in and, and getting at bat. So, um, hmm. and then the next few years I'll probably change it up. There's a lot of good options out there. Um, but there's a lot better people to, uh, ask that question to than me there's a lot more guys with uh some music savvy on the team mm -hmm. and uh we had another question asking what you do on game day to prepare that's tough i mean um really it'll just depend on, on what i did the day before um usually after the game i'll take 10 to 15 minutes just to go over it i'm in my head jot down some notes on on what i felt like i could do better um, what went wrong what went right what felt good what felt bad um and just kind of come up with a plan show up to the park the next day um, and that'll kind of be my routine for the day. So um, depending on how the game went, you know, the night before I may do a few different drills in the cage, um, whether I was feeling something, something didn't feel right. Um, I wanted to get a different feel, you know, going in into night's game. Um, but for the, for the most part, it, it stays pretty, pretty similar. I show up, say it's a seven o'clock game, um, show up to the park around, around one o'clock and uh, I'll head right to the cage for some early work. Um, get some tea and soft toss in. That's kind of where I do the drills um, to get me feeling right going into batting practice. Um, come back inside, and then it's either getting a lift in, going and getting treatment, um, probably have something to eat quick, and then going out for batting practice around, I think, 3 or 3.30. Go out and hit batting practice in the field. Um, kind of work on the few things that I wanted to work on from the day before, and then come back inside, um, probably eat some dinner, something, some spread before the game. Um, shower up, get my other jersey on, and then kind of do like a 20-minute prep again in the weight room just to get my body feeling right. And then uh, usually it's about 15 minutes for the game, run out there, throw a little bit, and then uh, it's game time. Yeah. There was a few people asking what it, what it felt like to have a card in MLB The Show. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? It was crazy, man, because I've, I've grown up playing that game, you know. And uh, I remember, mm -hmm. I mean, when I played it back in the day, there was no Diamond Dynasty or anything, so – I actually had no idea how to even get my card, to be honest with you. I had to, I had to ask a bunch of my buddies back home uh, who played the game a lot. I haven't played, I haven't played much of the show um, the last few years, so I didn't, I didn't even know what the cards meant, how to get, you know, Team Affinity. They had to, they had to let me know how to get all that stuff. Now, the show actually, actually told me how, how to get it and how to get stubs and stuff. I haven't even got it. I'm not even good enough to get my own card, so that's, that's pretty funny. But. Um, it was cool, man. I, I didn't know it was coming out until people started tagging me in it online and 
um, I really didn't know what it was at first and then guys started telling me what it was. So, um, people started asking me how they could get it, which obviously I had no idea. So I decided to just, just do a little giveaway with it. Um, I knew a lot of guys were into the show. Obviously we had the whole MLB, uh, the show like tournament going on. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of the fans were playing. So I did a little giveaway, um, giving guys raffle tickets for getting the card and sending me videos of, of hitting homers. Um, and it blew up pretty well, man. It was cool to kind of see how many people got it so quick. I mean, I think mm-hmm. at least 10 guys had it within the first day, uh, sending me highlights and stuff. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see, uh, myself in that game. It's, it's still weird to me cause I grew up playing it, like I said, and in collecting cards and, and, uh, doing mock drafts with my buddies and, and having seasons in it. So, um, it was definitely, definitely a cool experience. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, this is a personal question that I want to ask. Do you have any baseball superstitions? Like some people jump over the foul line. Is there anything you don't do or make sure you do before or during every game? I don't think so. I mean, I have routines that I like to stick to, um, Mm -hmm. as far as what gets me ready. Um, and I mean, we play every single day. So the more you can get into a routine and you can feel better and be more consistent, um, but as far as superstitions, I mean, in college, I think I really was like, as far as putting, putting my jerseys on and, and kind of what order I did it in and what I was eating and what I was drinking. I mean, college is just a different animal. You, get, you can get some crazy superstitions in college. I mean, we had a kid, we had a kid who, uh, one game ended up shotgunning a Red Bull before the game. I think we went on like a 12 game win streak. So he was well. shotgunning Red Bulls for like two weeks. And uh, he was actually – we finally lost, and he was excited. Um, he was excited that we lost. He didn't have to do that anymore. But um, for me, nothing really. I mean, when I was in the Cape my junior year, I remember I was still pretty superstitious, and I just decided to get rid of it. So I would actually, I would actually do something different on purpose every game um, so that I could – so that I just wiped out all the superstitions I knew – I tried to get them out of my head as much as I can, but they all, they they always roll back in every now and then. You know, if you have a hot bat or you're, you're swinging a good stick or um, you have certain batting gloves that were working. Um, I know a lot of guys still are superstitious, and it's funny to kind of see how much that plays in people's in people's mental game throughout throughout the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for me, nothing nothing really stood out. I mean, in, in college, I had one with Skittles where I'd eat Skittles before every game. Um, <laughs> But I broke, I broke that I broke that habit in high in college. So uh, luckily I'm not on that anymore. I'm getting some some better food in me. Yeah, there's someone asking uh, advice for a young baseball player just starting to play competitive baseball. I think just have fun, man. I think I think a lot of guys are overdoing it when they're younger. I mean, for me, I mean I'd play I'd play five, six, seven days in the backyard, my buddies, and and that was the most competitive we'd get, you know. So um, have fun with it, man. Try to just try to hit it as far as you can, throw it as hard as you can, and uh, get with your buddies. Make make a game out of it whenever you can, but uh, just enjoy it. Just have fun. I think I think the more we can make it fun, the more the kids will want to play, and the more that the more that you play, and the more you have fun. I think the better you're going to get at it. So the more the more fun that you can make it, the better. Did you have any specific goals heading into this season before everything was? sent into total chaos, um, whether it was, you know, advancing to a different level or, you know, a personal goal as far as, I don't know, your swing or your batting average. Did you have any specific goals? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I get asked that question a bunch. I think I answer it the same way every time where I don't really set goals like that for myself. Um, 
I more have daily goals that I want to do, um, more consistency things where I know if I can do this for X amount of days in a row, it's going to pay off. So um, more so a consistency thing where, where I stick to, to what I believe in and what I'm working on and, and see it through and until the end and not really change up or, or try to get inconsistent, whether you're talking about your swing or what you're trying to do in the field or your pregame routines. I think, you know, once you have, once you get those goals in your head and, you know, you hit a week slump or, or you're not hitting well for a month, you start changing everything up and now it drags into three, four, a whole year. So um, I, I don't really set goals as far as batting average or what I want to do with my swing. I set, I set daily goals of, of what I want to do to prepare for each day. Um, and then I'll adjust them based on, on how I'm performing. But um, I think the only goal would just be to, like I said, to be, be as consistent as I could. Um, try not let it go up and down. I mean, last year, I think I started off pretty pretty bad for, for two months, and it kind of screwed up the whole year if you're looking at it as a whole. So um, take away the first half of last year, and it went great, which is which is kind of what I was happy with that I finished so strong. Um, and that's kind of that's what I'm talking about with goals. I mean, if I set a goal to hit 300 for a year, after those first two months, I'm screwed. I might as well just pack it in. But if you're setting goals daily with yourself mm-hmm. and and really really concentrating on, on the work that you put into it and letting the results speak for themselves, I mean, every day you show up to the park, you know, you have something that you can look forward to. There's a person asking your favorite Jays uniform or color. Do you have a favorite? I know the Blue Jays just released the new powder blue jerseys this year. Yeah, yeah. What was that? What was that going on? The new blue, I think it was. Those are sweet. Yeah. I saw them in Toronto. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I know a lot of people have those. I mean, those those have to be the favorite right now, um, just because they're they're so new. And my my high school growing up was baby blue, so I've always kind of liked the the baby blue color. Um, but yeah, I'd have to go with those. Um, the all whites are pretty cool that we have. Honestly, the reds are probably my favorite just because they don't wear them a lot. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's only a certain amount of dates that they wear them or what what they are, but. Um, I've always liked the reds just because they're they're different and um, it kind of changes up the whole color scheme for a day. So I would have to say you know, the new blues are the reds. Yeah, hopefully we get to see them in action this year, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, there's been a lot of plans bouncing around Major League Baseball, whether it's playing the whole season in Arizona, whether it's quarantining teams in Arizona and Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts on the things that we've been hearing so far as far as plans to play this season i mean i think we all we all want to play so whatever whatever it ends up happening and um, obviously a lot of it's out of our control out of mlb's control so i think everyone's just trying to get as many plans in place as we can so that once it starts opening up one of them will work you know if you have you have one plan and then something happens where you can't do it now you're screwed you gotta start all over again so um mm-hmm. i think the more plans that we can kind of have set in place that that could work possibly um then when we do open up and we have the regulations and we have the guidelines, at least one of them might fit the bill. So um, I know a lot of people are, are kind of in and out of, of the plans. I know a lot of them are leaked and they're probably not even right or full. So it's tough to say because mm-hmm. you don't really know who it's coming from. Or I mean, we're not, we're not personally hearing anything. So everything that we hear is from, from the athletic or, or just like you guys, just, just rumors going mm-hmm. around. Um, but obviously it'd be very hard to, to quarantine the whole org, you know, it's, it, it's something that would take a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of preparation, which at the end of the day, we're hoping to, once it, once it opens up, we're trying to get out there as soon as possible. So it's going to have to be a plan that's, 
it's kind of easy to put into place that you can kind of start everything back up in a week or two. You know, we don't have really two months to, to kind of plan it out. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of gear that needs to be moved and, and a lot of uh, team stuff that needs to be shipped and everything. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope, I hope we can at least sometimes, or so at least sometime soon, get back to Florida or get back to our spring training place and just start, just start practicing again so that we can be ready for, uh, for whenever we can get back out there. Well, we have one of your teammates, I think, asking who's your favorite teammate. Come on, Shabby. You're going to put me in the spot like that, man. man <laughs> I think he's down in the Bahamas still, though. He's enjoying himself. He, uh, he was fishing the other day when I was talking to him. So uh, I hope he's been catching some fish down there. But Shabby's the man, dude. He was, he was in Lansing, and then um, he had a killer year when I was there, man. He was killing a switch hitter. Um, Last year, he hit some bombs, dude. I remember seeing some videos of, of his swing. So he's still a young buck, man. He'll he'll act like he's old, but he's got he's got a, a lot of time left under his belt. So he'll uh, he'll be up here before you know it, too. If you could change one thing about Major League Baseball, what would it be? Would it be like an electronic strike zone, or I don't know, better fans, or or if you could change one thing, what would it be? I don't know, man. I've seen but. I've seen videos. I've seen videos of. Uh, the Rogers Center in 2015, that, that place goes crazy. So um, we definitely have the fans that, that everyone dreams of. Um, I don't know, man. That's tough. I think I think maybe just kind of the media and how how baseball players respond. I mean, I know a lot of guys make a lot of money and a lot more than a lot of other athletes do. Um, and it kind of gets spun in a way where, where they seem greedy when, when they don't take the money that they, they deserve and that they've played for and, and worked for. Um, I think the big thing that everyone tries to get through to guys is just that, you know, the first, the first four five, six years, unlike other sports, you really do not making that much money. If you're a prospect, you know, um, you're in the minors, you're having fun with your teammates. Um, they're fun leagues. You get to travel around all summer and, and stay in, stay in sketchy spots with your, with your boys and, and have memories that last a lifetime. But um, you know, once you get up there and, and if you produce up there and you're helping a team win and you're helping an organization win, you know, you, you expect to kind of get paid paid fairly. So I think guys that are, are up there and, and have success and then look for their payout and um, they're not quite getting what they deserve and, you know, they get they get blasted by the media. Um, I always feel bad for those guys. They're just trying to – they're trying to be good for their family and, and, and make as much for their kids and their wife and, and their family can, can be as well off as they can. So um, I think that's just one thing that I would I would try to change is, is kind of, you know, have people look at it more of like, um, you know, what, what guys are trying to do their, for their family and, and their family have been through a lot for probably almost six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you know, up to that point. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's kind of a whole family, family involvement, but, um, as a whole, man, I think baseball is awesome. I think it's a great game. I, I don't think the, uh, I saw a question about the automatic strike zone. Um, we had that in, in Arizona and it, it wasn't the greatest. Right. Uh, yeah, we had it in the fall league and there were some, there were some calls that, ridiculous on it i mean obviously we were the first ones to test it um i'm sure it'll only get better as we go on but um it'd be really weird to step up to the box from the umpire behind you it'd be be kind of weird i don't think i don't think you could quite go that far um there are some pitches that wouldn't read so the umpire had to just make it on their own digression and obviously they're not paying attention too much so so that never went well but um yeah the strike zone thing i'm not <laughs> i'm not too sure about i mean obviously they can they could probably make it better in, in the upcoming years and it, it might kind of have some more popularity, but I know right now from the guys that I've talked to, um, that's not really something that,
they see it get implemented right away. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions I had. Um, is there anything you want to add or get in or plug before we wrap things up? No, man. Just thanks for, uh, thanks for getting me on here. It's been fun. Um, thanks yeah. Robbie, for, uh, for hopping on here. I think you said he caught a shark. That guy's crazy and he's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, no, thanks for having me on here. It's been fun. Um, stay safe, stay safe up there. Help your family's well. Uh, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be back on the field here soon in the next few weeks. So, uh, that'll be fun. And I'm excited for everyone to get back out there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and hopefully we can do it again in the future or actually have baseball to watch even better. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thanks again. And well, I guess hopefully we talk sometime soon. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. concludes our episode for today. A big thank you to Kevin Smith. He's a guy who's always super generous with his time and super kind behind the scenes as well. A big thank you to you as well for listening to this podcast. And if you enjoyed it, I encourage you to rate and review it on iTunes or just let a friend know about our podcast. We'll catch you next week.